Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Where your dreams, episode 10. Just whatever tiny step you can take to making it real, you know, send one email to a potential person who could help you with the project or who you have a question for, whatever, just anything to, to make it real and get it out in the world. Hey dreamers, you are listening to Where Your Dreams, an amazingly inspiring podcast where we speak to the coolest girl millionaires, girl bosses and fashion entrepreneurs. If you have ever dreamed of creating your own business, then this podcast will give you all the tips, advice and inspiration to make it happen. Lego. Hey guys, so this is Alice on the mic and I'm really excited for today's episode. Not only because it is our 10th episode, whoop whoop, but also because my interview style in this episode was a lot more different. I decided to myself that, you know what, I want to be a bit more conversational, a bit more laid back and open when responding and when speaking to guests. And I found that actually it's so much better to interview that way because I just enjoyed it so much more without having to think about the kind of scripted questions. So I hope you quite like the way that I'm interviewing in this episode. And also another thing is I'm going to start to give you the lowdown about each episode before it starts, just so you know what you're getting yourself into over the next 30 minutes. So in this episode, I'm speaking to Laura Roder. She became an entrepreneur when she was just 22. And within that time, she has become a millionaire. And I tell you, this interview was just so inspiring. You're going to learn about making connections and going out there and networking, hustling to get more clients, to make sales. You're going to learn that you don't have to know everything about the business that you desire to go in because you can go out there and ask. You can make those connections. You can do the research and that's what's going to build your knowledge in the business that you want to get into. You're also going to learn that you don't have to put your life on hold when pursuing a dream. You know, it's great to focus on the bigger picture. It's great to have this amazing dream, but enjoy the ride, guys. Enjoy the journey. So let me know what you think about this episode. I'm so glad that the podcast is on the 10th episode. We've got so much more in store for you and enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Bye, guys. 
Hey everyone, welcome to Wear Your Dreams. I'm Alice Alouiton, founder of BEMI, and today I have a very special guest. I'm talking to Laura Roda. Laura is the founder of LKR Social Media, where she uses her expertise to help small businesses in social media and online marketing. She's also the founder of Edgar, which is a tool that helps with social media scheduling and marketing automation. Laura has helped over 4,000 small business owners and has won several awards for being one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under 30. Laura, welcome to Wear Your Dreams. Thank you, Alice. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Now, I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I've said a very short intro about you. So could you tell us a bit more about yourself, your personal life, and explain a bit more about your business? Yeah, well, um, that was so many questions. Um, (laughs) So uh, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I first started working for myself uh, about 10 years ago when I was 22, and I haven't haven't had a job since. So uh, I've moved from uh, web design to social media consulting to social media training, and now I have Edgar, which is a social media software business. Awesome. Now, I know you are a woman that has had an amazing business journey and, you know, you did start at just the age of 22, which is amazing. So I'm really interested in finding out about the start of your business ventures. So could you tell our listeners the story of what made you um, start your first business and also speak to us about the steps you took to make it happen? Yeah, so I was working as a junior graphic designer at an ad agency in Chicago, and I was pretty frustrated with my job. Uh, I didn't have a lot to do, and I was bored a lot of the time, and and there was a lot of office drama. Um, And beyond that, I was really interested in not just doing design, but the bigger picture strategy. You know, we would help our clients with uh, their bigger marketing strategy and, and product and positioning. And I thought all those things were really interesting. But on the design side, you're not really involved with that until you're really the top of the career, until you're maybe, you know, a creative director or art director. So I kind of looked at the career path ahead of me and I thought, well, I'm going to have to be junior designer, graphic designer, senior designer, (laughs) you know, creative director, art director. Like it's going to, it's going to take a long time before I get to do the job that I really want to do. And then I just kind of thought, or if I, if I quit and I work for myself, that's then, then I get to be the CEO of my own business, Mm. (laughs) you know, and I get to, to jump straight to the top. So um, I did it very differently than most people do. Uh, most people would probably say that it's it's pretty wise to kind of freelance on the side for a while first, but that's not what I did. I just quit my job and then I had to find a client <laughs> to wow. work with. Um, so that's what I did. But, you know, that's what's great about a service business. You can really jump right into it. You know, you just need to find one person to pay you and it's often paid up front. So it's pretty easy with service businesses to you know, to start small, just one person and, and kind of grow it from there. Yeah. I'm really interested to find out what kind of, um, what do you think it was that enabled you to think, right, I'm going to quit my job and just kind of go for this. How, what, what do you think has kind of given you that mindset and, and just thought I'm going to sort of be all in this or nothing? Yeah, I mean, there were there were a few factors. I mean, I've definitely always been interested in entrepreneurship. Um, my my dad is an, a self-employed architect and my mom 
kind of runs, you know, does the books and, and runs the business. Um, so I grew up in a house where we earned money from our, our business, from my parents' mm-hmm. business. So I think that definitely is just a huge advantage. I think I was very lucky in that way. Uh, just because you don't have that that mental hurdle of this is impossible, this is crazy, or I know a lot of people, uh, their family and friends are really unsupportive when they hear that they want to start a business, which is just this obvious, this whole huge obstacle that that you have to deal with. If your family's telling you there's no way this is going to work, mm. <laughs> you know, you're you're insane. So um, I was very, very lucky to have that kind of head start, and I just thought, you know. It's kind of funny when you think about it. The worst that could happen would be I would have to get another job, right? The the worst that could happen is my business would fail. I wouldn't be able to find any clients, and I would just find a job. But that's that's where I was already. Yeah. Wow. And what was the most like difficult part of doing it of of that kind of process when you just started? Mm -hmm. Because obviously, I know you worked as a designer, but running a business, it's it's quite different so what was what was the kind of challenges that came along the way I mean literally everything (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I didn't know anything you know I I had never studied business like I said I hadn't really done it on the side um so what I did is I went to local chamber of commerce events you know I was going to hope to meet clients and of course I also met a lot of business owners just as friends and and luckily I met some really amazing people who really helped to mentor me and I can remember very well um sitting down with with my friend Adrian, she runs uh, a lingerie boutique and she's someone who had run her own business, you know, for 20 plus years. Yeah. And I remember she just sat me down and explained to me all about, you know, tracking your incoming money and your outgoing money and how it's really important to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just didn't know. I remember I had to ask someone what a proposal was because yeah. I found out there was this thing you were supposed to do called a proposal when you wanted to work for someone, but I had no idea, you know, what it was supposed to say or what was supposed to be in it. Um, but uh, luckily the internet was around at that time. So yeah, <laughs> one, you can, you can Google, but I think even more important is just talking to people who have, who have been there and, and done it before. Yeah. And what was kind of like the tipping point? What was the moment where kind of things, was there something that kind of happened where things started to pick up more and, and what was that kind of process like? Mm, I mean, one of the big achievements of the business was that I made my old salary in the first year. And wow. I think that was kind of, that's amazing. Yeah. I think that was kind of my first big goal. I mean, the salary was, um, you know, I was maybe making like 32,000 a year Yeah, and an entry level job. It's not like the salary was massive, but that's always the like, okay, yeah, this wasn't, that was, you know, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and what was, what was like a, a typical day like in the early stages? Like what kind of different things were you doing on a day to day? Cause I know kind of like in the beginning you're doing a lot, you're basically doing everything. Yes. So I want to hear more about what, what that was like. Yeah, I mean, it was just so much hustle to find clients because, um, you know, I needed to find people that that owned businesses because that was my customer base. And I I didn't know any. I mean, it's funny looking back, like when I started the business, I literally did not know one person who who locally owned their own business because also I was in a city in Chicago that I'd only lived in for about a year. So, you know, it's not like I was very well established. So Mm. in Chicago, they have these chambers of commerce for every different neighborhood because it's a big city. Every neighborhood has one and they have little mixers and little events. So 
I would just go to those just, right. just relentlessly. Um, and I would, I, I don't know if you have these in the UK In the U S we have all these, um, clubs, like they're called like Leeds clubs or there's, Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds clubs. No, I haven't, I haven't heard of something like that, but I'm sure. Yeah. I Googled it. <laughs> so, yeah, so there are these clubs, and it's called leads, as in like exchanging business leads. Um, wow. And they have them really, really early in the morning because you're supposed to go before you start your day, and you go every week. And the meetings are at like six thirty. And the idea is that you exchange leads. You have people from all different industries, but they're actually they don't work at all. They're, they they're all okay. <laughs> It's just the same people every week, and you're supposed to be like, "Do you, do you meet anyone who needs interior design services?" And it's just like, "Nope." Not this week. Um, I love that. I, I went to that every week. You know, I remember just like trudging through the snow and the sleet in Chicago, like yes. getting up at six a.m. to go to this stupid like Leeds club. <laughs> um, but that you know, those things are how I found my customers slowly but surely. And it's, you know, it's not a bad way to start because I was out talking to people in person. And while online marketing is amazing and I love it, it's so easy now to just kind of hide behind your computer screen and not have that real contact with with your prospects and your customers. Exactly. And were you um, doing this by yourself or did you have like a, a partner or a team or anything like that? Yeah, just by myself. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and like, where I guess during that stage, I'm sure there were sort of moments where you thought, oh my God, what have I done? I can't do this. Or like you're feeling quite fearful or scared. So can you talk about a time within um, the beginning stage of your business or even now really where you just felt like discouraged or fearful and tell us how you overcame that? Well, you know, in the beginning, um, I really struggled with, with the model because mm. I talked about some of the good things about services is that you can get started immediately. But one of the real downsides of services is that you are starting from scratch on every project. And mm. I didn't really realize what that was going to be like because you find a client, you do the project. And what I was doing, it wasn't ongoing work. It was making a website and they only needed one. <laughs> and then <laughs> And then I was done. Um, and so I didn't realize how difficult it is to get, like, you don't get any momentum going. Like, mm. every client, you just have to go through the same process of meeting them cold and then convincing them you can do good work and then and signing them on. And it never, I mean, it gets easier in the sense that you get better at it, but you're not building up any leverage over time, except for, I mean, over many years, you start to get word of mouth, but you have yeah. to build you know, a, a pretty big client base before that happens. So that was definitely something I was very conscious of in, in moving to my next business. I wanted a little bit different model that was more sustainable. And it really inspired me to learn more about online marketing and kind of sparked this whole idea of like, how can you create marketing so that people come to you? Because I was doing all, you know, what I now know is called outbound versus inbound. I was approaching every person cold, trying to convince them to work with me. And it's just, it's, it's literally like you have to start your business over with every new client. It's like, I found this one and they paid me and now it's done. And now I'm starting from zero again. And, and that's very stressful from a financial perspective. It's like, am I going to have any work in the next six months? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and what kind of like hours were you working in the beginning? Was it quite like long hours? What, what was that like in terms of how much you were working on the business? You know, I've never been, I've never been a crazy workaholic, which okay. I, I 
think surprises people sometimes. Yeah, like, definitely. I've never like pulled an all nighter for work. Um, oh my god, I- that's amazing! <laughs> I wish I could say the same. <laughs> No, and I've like even in the beginning, I I mean I would work on the weekends sometimes, but I definitely wasn't working all weekend every weekend. Um so I don't have like this crazy story of of these yeah. big hours. And I also think a lot of it is is more stemming from stress. I mean, if you're working 18 hours, like your productive time has usually come and gone long ago, you know. Yeah. Like, people don't really create great work for that long for the most part. It's often because you've gotten yourself into the sort of, you know, panic mode um or you're, you know, redoing something or recreating something and it's just not really it's just not really my style, I guess. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> um, and would you say, what's a typical day like now for you? So, yeah. So now, I mean, we've been talking about it at the beginning. Now I run a software business that has a team of, of 15. Um, so I'm not really involved in the execution of the business. I'm, I'm really serving as the CEO. Um, so I work. I only work part-time. I work from 8 a.m. to noon. Um, I have a nine month old baby, so I, wow, congrats. I had a baby, so I'm like Uh, obsessed with babies at the moment. (laughs) Yes. I, I I work on him the rest of the time on (laughs) raising him. Um, so yeah, you know, I love having that focus. I think it's, it's totally true that you cut down your hours. And now that I have four hours, it's like, okay, how can I make the most of this every day? Mm. Um, and there's other people doing all the kind of doing of the business and I'm I'm more overseeing and I'm also very involved in the in the marketing side of the business awesome um and so now we're going on to what I call the kind of dream moment so Laura could you tell us a time within your business journey when you literally felt like wow this is a dream come true I'm literally living my dream yeah, you know, I had one recently that that really struck me. Uh, so I gave a talk at a conference recently about kind of the journey of, of the last year and a half of Edgar and the kind of success that we've had. And, you know, I just mentioned I have a nine month old. And so earlier this year, I took three months off from maternity leave, which um, Americans think is a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. We take a year um, in England. (laughs) Six months is like not that long. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So none of uh, none of the Brit listeners are going to be impressed by this, but the the Americans will. Um, So. And and also, I think a lot of people who own their own business, um, you know, don't tend to take as much time off. So I took three months off uh, entirely. And the business had incredible growth during that time. Um, You know, we grew our team, we grew our customers, we grew everything. And I mentioned that during the presentation. And, you know, actually, the bit of it that struck me is someone sent a tweet afterwards kind of talking about my presentation and he just said something like, you know, wow, that's an incredible sign when the CEO goes on maternity leave for, for three months and, and the business grows mm-hmm. during that time. So one, I was like, I always like to see the words CEO and maternity leave in the same, <laughs> <laughs> the same sentence. Like that always feels good. Um, but for some reason, you know, it's like it often takes that outside perspective of someone else saying it. Cause I had even said it in the presentation. I didn't really think anything of it. But when I saw someone else saying that, I kind of thought, wow, that like, 
that feels good. You know, that really does feel like a huge accomplishment. And it's something I had really actively worked towards. You know, I knew that I wanted to have kids and I, I really have always wanted to set up a business that I really could, you know, take time off, work part time, spend a good amount of time with my children and not feel like the business is lagging. The business is suffering while I'm gone, but the business is really thriving while I'm gone. And I really have been able to, to accomplish that. Wow. Amazing. Well done you, Laura. Um, so now into the next part of Where Your Dreams, uh, we're going to basically delve into your success in becoming a millionaire as we really want to inspire our girls to dream big and have big goals. So Laura, could you tell me what um, factors do you think it takes to build a multi-million dollar business? Yeah, I mean, it really all is, I think, the scale that you think in. And mm. something that I've, I've noticed is that I think something that can be weird about growing a business and where I see a lot of people get stuck is the numbers in a business are like much bigger than the numbers you deal with in your normal life. Like yeah. our business right now generates um, about like $180,000 a month. Mm. So that's a big number. I mean, our expenses, you know, we'll have some random expense. It's like $20,000 a month. And all that stuff is normal in, in relation to where we are, right? Yeah. 180,000, you have big expenses. We spend tons on advertising and things like that. But I think those numbers are so different than the numbers you deal with in your personal life, right? Because even if you're paying yourself a lot and living large, it's not like you have some, you know, $30,000 a month mortgage or something like that. Mm. Um, it's just, it's just much bigger numbers. And I, I see this in business where people start to get in these numbers that are way larger than what they've ever dealt with. And they kind of freeze up, you know, oh, yeah. um, I was even talking to someone recently and I was telling her about how we spend on Facebook ads and, um, telling her how basically like the way we work out our math, we have about like 150, $200 to spend on a customer. And she just said, wow, that sounds like, that sounds like a lot. Mm. And I said, well, you know, it just depends on, on the math of your business, right? How much money are you making per customer? If you have a more expensive product, you can spend more. But people, I think, shy away a bit. They don't even want to do that math. They just think 150 sounds like a lot. So that's mm. too much. So I'm not going to spend that much, even if, even if the math works out. You don't really think these things consciously. I think it's more subconscious that you start to feel uncomfortable and you start to back away. So I think setting your goals higher, getting comfortable with those higher numbers is, is really key. Mm. And what, um, what year was it that, um, that your company uh, became, um, reached a million? How long did that kind of take? I'm quite interested in the length of time it took you and your particular industry. It would have been either 2011 or 2012. Mm. Um, I know that I like personally became a millionaire, which always sounds really cheesy to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, in 2012. But of course, there's a difference between, you know, the money that your company Mm. makes and the money that that you personally have um so yeah so basically that it was it was actually very short so that business I've had a few businesses that business basically started in 2009 um and then yeah it would have been 2011 started in 2009 hit seven figures in 2011 well and that was um me Edgar was that no, that was a oh. different business. That was um, the social media training business and also a business called um, B-School, which is an online marketing training business that I, I started with a partner. 
I see. Right. Awesome. Um, and what is one successful habit that you think has enabled you to build successful companies <laughs> and become a millionaire? Uh, I think being decisive is mm. so, so okay. important because it's not like people have a lack of ideas, yeah. you know, especially entrepreneurs, right? I mean, we all have like 20 businesses that we want to start. Yeah, exactly. We have lots of, <laughs> lots of ideas for what we want to do in our businesses. So the ideas are not lacking. It's, it's really the execution. And, and the execution is really just about pulling the trigger and saying, I'm going to do it. You know, even if I don't know how exactly I'm going to do it, I don't know how exactly it's going to play out because it's always interesting to me when you finally do something that that you know that you've been thinking about or talking yeah. about for such a long time. <laughs> you know, we recently did something like where we're kind of testing something out and it's something that we've talked about for the past year. And I, it's like, why haven't we actually pulled the trigger until now? And, and I don't, I don't really know why, but mm. it was a bad decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I thought of this a year ago, we should have tested it then. We could have had it a year further along. And I think that's why we get scared of things because yeah, we don't know how they'll go. We don't know exactly how to do it, but it's just about getting started. You know, if we had started a year ago, we could have had our execution perfect by now. You know, now we're sort of testing it out and maybe six months a year, we'll get it really tight. But but we could have been at that point already if only we had been more decisive with, yes, we're going to start this today. Mm. And what's the um, sort of most valuable advice you've received during your, your millionaire journey? Oh, man. I mean, something that comes to mind that I'm a big believer in is people don't fail, systems do. And mm. it's just really important when you're running a team not to immediately it's easiest to just blame the person and just be like, they messed up. You know, they did it wrong. It didn't work. They messed up. But there's always a reason that people mess up. And it's very rarely because they were trying to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's almost never. They're like, I just decided to do this project really, really badly. That's, That's why it didn't work out. It's because they didn't have resources. It's because there was, um, confusion among communication. They thought they had the information, but they didn't, or they didn't know who to ask. These are all systematic problems that you can, that you can fix and you can improve for next time. And you're really setting everyone at your company up for a lot of success. If you're constantly looking at, how can we make sure that the systems are there, the tools are there, the resources are there for you to do well? Yeah. Wow. I love that. And this is slightly off script, but like I know you said that you've kind of had a few businesses along your journey. What's your opinion on trying to do more than like trying to make one business, especially when you're starting out, trying to make more than one business successful at the same time? Do you think, you know, if there's this new Um, you've got a new business idea and then you've got another one should you pursue one um, or is it okay to kind of do both at the same time what's your opinion on that because I know you kind of started out young so you might have had many ideas or yeah I've mostly done mine one at a time actually even though I've had a few um, Mm. more or less and I, I mean it depends on your temperament but I do think that it would it would be good for most people to be more focused and, and probably do just one business because you only have so much time and you want to be able to leverage everything as much as possible. So 
for Edgar, Edgar is a tool for the small business, for the entrepreneur. Yeah. But obviously, there's huge opportunity in selling to bigger companies, right? And and there's a lot of reasons to do that. They have bigger budgets. Um, but it's not the tool that we've designed. We would need to make some changes in Edgar to sell to enterprise. And we would need to make major changes in our, our marketing process. Right now, we don't do any sales, only marketing. So we'd have to build out a sales team. So it's very, very tempting to say, okay, we want to chase after those big clients. Yeah. But it's not really a good idea until we've totally maxed out what we're doing now because we've already created these great blog posts and marketing materials and email marketing and whatever for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So why would we start from scratch with a whole new thing when we're so far from reaching all the entrepreneurs out there? And we can do that by just improving the work we're already doing instead of, you know, adding new departments or adding new strategies or starting again. So I think it's very smart to leverage what you're doing to the max to get kind of the most juice out of all your time on on one topic or on one business before you move on I mean but everyone's different right if it's really exciting and inspiring to you to have your hand in a lot of different pots I mean that that can work for you as well Mm. amazing thank you for sharing Laura now I'm really excited about the next segment of way of dreams as we are going into the triple love round and I'm going to ask you three questions about things you love and why so the first question is a book you love so I can't decide if I should do a business book or a non-business book what what do you think Mm, maybe both let's do both okay that's (laughs) fun um, so a business book that I love, it's sort of a boring one, but it's really good. It's called, um, it's called Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. Um, I actually got to see Vern speak in London. He's, he's American, but he lives in Barcelona. Um, so he was over in London speaking. Uh, and Scaling Up is just extremely practical guidebook, how to run a business. So it has, um, it has templates you can use for strategic planning for the next quarter, the next year, the next five years, agendas you can use for your meetings, how to build a team. It's just very hands-on, very practical, um, just really great guide for anyone running a business. And on my team, we, we revisit it over and over again. Oh, wow. Awesome. Scaling up. Um, mm-hmm. And now the second question, a quote that you love. A quote that I love is... Uh, how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. And that's from Annie Dillard. And I think about that a lot because it's so easy to focus on the future and, you know, I want to get to here and I want to get to that. And once I achieve this, you know, once I become a millionaire or whatever, (laughs) it's like, then it'll be different. Um, but yeah, your, your life isn't actually made up of those big milestones, your life is just made up of the every day. So if you're sacrificing your every day for the future, you're not living, you're not living the life you want to live. Wow. I love that. I really need to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, and now a inspirational woman you love. So there's this new reality show with Diane von Furstenberg. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love watching her. You know, I think she has created yeah. um, a great culture in her business. Um, you can tell that she is really genuine about, about helping the women that come her way. I also love, she's so brutally honest with them yes. and she makes it, 
<laughs> she, she makes does, it come across. Yeah, in such a like glamorous way. It's yeah. like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she'll be like, you're not very smart, but you're very beautiful. And you'll, <laughs> you'll go very far. And I'm like, but she actually sounded nice. So <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, awesome. so she's my, she's my inspiration. <laughs> and guys, you'll be able to find all the show notes and info about Laura on our website at bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I-girl.com. And last but not least, Laura, could you tell us some exciting new things that you're doing today? Um, what really has you feeling happy and alive in terms of your business or you as an individual? Oh, what a great question. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of, of moving, actually, from oh. L.A. to Austin, where I grew up um, oh. and where my, my parents are. So to get some, some grandparent action. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love it. So, yeah, so that's like an exciting life change kind of looking at. Um, you know, when you move somewhere new, you get to research. Like I was like looking up the Pilates studios and just kind of fun stuff like that. So that's, that's a fun life change. And in the business, um, we're really focused on differentiating our, our marketing right now. So there's a lot of social media tools out there. Edgar actually does have very different functionality than the other tools because we recycle your content over and over again, which the other tools don't do. But we really haven't made that clear enough in our marketing. And I think we've been a little too shy of saying, no, we are the next level. We're way better. You know, we do it differently. Um, so that's something that we're, we're focused on improving right now, which is, which is a fun project for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and can you share with us one amazingly inspiring piece of advice that will help the way your dream listeners achieve their dream of becoming a millionaire girl and starting a company and life that they dream of? Yeah, I would say my advice is don't let your past limit your future because none of us were born knowing anything. I have, I have a baby. I can tell you. <laughs> He doesn't know how to do anything. <laughs> um, and, you know, you meet people that are like, I would love to get into fashion, but I've never worked in the fashion industry, so I can't. It's like, well, no one worked in the, fa- yeah. no one worked in the fashion industry until they did, right? Or um, the one that really always frustrates me is like, oh, it's easy for you because, like, you know those people. And it's like, well, how do you think I met those? Like, I walked up to them and I talked to them, and now I know them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't born knowing them. We can all <laughs> talk to whoever we want. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, people get too held back from, oh, I don't know how to do that, or I've never done that before, or I don't know anyone who does that. You know, like I mentioned, I didn't know anyone who owned a business. So I said, okay, where do business owners go? I'm, I'm going to show up there and I'm going to talk to them. So it's it's never too late to do anything. And, and all of us had to learn everything from scratch. Mm. And what's one practical step, if you could just say one thing that our listeners should do today or tomorrow? Um, to help them achieve their dream? What's that one practical thing they should do? I think, you know, I would go back to what I said earlier. What do you already know that you should do that you haven't done? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at like the, the strategies that you need to grow your business or the next step you do for your project, I know there's something in your head where you're like, I know that's what I need to do, but I haven't done it. Just whatever tiny step you can take to making it real, you know, send one email to a potential person who could help you with the project or who you have a question for, whatever, just anything to, to make it real and get it out in the world. Just start take that, taking that baby step. 
Amazing. And Laura, let us know how can we get in touch with you and find out more about your businesses and any other projects? Yeah, so uh, my main thing right now is Edgar. So you can find that at meetedgar.com, meet Edgar on Twitter and on Facebook, and my Twitter is LKR. Okay. Awesome. Well, I've highly, highly enjoyed that. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Laura. Um, I'm sure the Way Your Dream listeners have been inspired too, and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Dreamers, thank you for being with us today on Where Your Dreams. You can find all the show notes as well as cool girl content on bemigirl.com. That's G-B-E-M-I-Girl.com. We would love you to subscribe to the show. So please click subscribe now and give us a rating and review so that we can continue to inspire and push you girlies to fulfill your dream. Don't forget to follow our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages, all at Bemi Girls. But for now, girlies, remember, anything is possible. So wear your dreams. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 